What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your hosts, Jared and James, and today we're bringing on a guest to talk about the greater tabletop community and to discuss that Upper Deck lawsuit. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we did some time traveling as our planned episode was all about the lack of news and then bam, the Upper Deck lawsuit hit and we couldn't pass up the opportunity to share our initial thoughts. Now this week... We are bringing on a fan of the program and a friend of mine, Brandon Brimley at Brimley Games. Brandon, how's it going? Good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, so good to have you on here. We were talking before uh, you and I actually did a live stream on your platform where you played your very first game of Lorcana. How'd it go? Well, I got I got a little bit steamrolled, but it was a ton of fun and makes me way more excited for the game to come out. <laughs> I know. I was telling James, I was like, uh, I saw what he played his opening hand and I saw my opening hand and I was like, do you want me to take this easy or do you want me to play like hard? And you're like, give it to me with everything you got. So it it really was a steamroll. I apologize. I got 11 double digits. That's my claim. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good because I've done some of those games where I'm like, uh, two. <laughs> just like, it just did not work. Uh, yeah, and I like I like the setup. I like all the I see all the games behind you there. I see some villainous, uh, yeah, good stuff. Got quite a few some other Disney ones, some of the Disney attraction games they've been putting out recently. Oh yeah, yeah, we've got a, we've got at least one of those so far. I'm planning on getting the Space Mountain one. I think they have that one soon. So yeah, they're all a ton of fun so far. Yes. Uh, so let's let's talk about the ta- gaming since that's what we're here for. Uh, you have a YouTube channel, as you mentioned, you were just live streaming uh, called Brimley Gaming, and you actually have uh, a nice audience. So when did you start the channel and what drove you to creating it? That is a great question. So, yeah, with the first one, it was in April or May of, of 2020. And 
it was around the time I was still in college trying to to figure out what I wanted to to do with my life. And I started to realize that people have their own businesses doing things they love. And I haven't gotten nearly close to that yet, but that is the long-term goal is to have a board game company and potentially make my own games. So just kind of discovering that other people had had made made a space for themselves doing things they love made me want to try to try to pull it off in the board game industry. And it's been a ton of fun so far. So I have a follow-up question here. What's uh what's been a highlight of your channel? Have you done any like board game reviews? Has anybody approached you to like, you know, feature their game? Anything like that? Yeah, um, gotten to do some some cool things with Grandpa Beck games who make cover your assets and Skull King. Um and one of the coolest things also was with another publisher, Dolphin Hat Games. Um, we I reached out to them pretty early on. Someone connected me to them, and I did a video on one of theirs, and it has uh, over a hundred thousand views teaching the, how to play that game. So that's that's a big highlight of. I was not expecting that one to take off, but I'm definitely grateful that it did. So I had a tweet um, that's totally unrelated to Lorcana but it got over 10,000 likes on it. And it, I hate to say it, like it falls into that stereotype, but it was such a rush watching that number climb and climb. What was it like? Like at what point were you like, oh my gosh, this thing is taking off and how high could it go? Yeah, so it's, the interesting thing is with a lot of the content I make, it's it's kind of that evergreen. So it it takes a long time to get there. Like I thought the video was a dud because for the first like six to eight months it had like 300 views on it it was going nowhere and suddenly it just started to pick up and yeah over time you start to see it 10,000 20,000 then you start to see that okay this is getting views every single day and it's not slowing down anytime soon so it, it definitely is that rush of like this is just going to keep going this is awesome do, do you think it's uh did you track back to what had happened with the game itself and like did it get distributed to like a, bo a big box store or reach a new major distributor to where it got a lot more eyeballs on the game, which needed meant eyeballs on your video? So I think, I don't know if there was any change in the number of games being purchased, um, but it's it's a pretty popular game. It's it's called Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza. Um, and it was- We played that game. You like that one? <laughs> oh yeah, our kids love it. Except for the stupid Narwhal. Yep, I, I miss yeah. that one every time. Carry on. <laughs> um, but anyways, the only other how to play video out there was the one by the publisher. And so it was, I think just over time, people started to to watch the video and it I realized that it was the number one in the search results. So it had bumped above theirs, and I think that's what caused the big spike in viewership was that was the number one thing that people were seeing when they searched how to play the game. It's awesome. An algorithm, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to rely on it and get some of that dumb luck. So I'm pretty new to the gaming world. I mean, my wife and I, we have Skull King. We have Settlers of Catan, Ticket to Ride. But, you know, a lot of people say those are like gateway games. Um, I hear people say tabletop gaming all the time. And sometimes like card games like Lorcana get lumped into that. But uh, my question is, are board games and TCGs both a part of tabletop gaming? And uh, what makes them like the same or what makes them different? If that question makes sense. 
Yeah, that, that totally does. And I, I will do my best to answer that being fairly new to TCGs. Um, but from, from what I understand is that I would say that a, a trading card game fits into that tabletop gaming niche. It's, it's a subset of that. Um, and one of the things that I feel like is the most different, I guess there's, there's two sides of it, is the one is that there's that higher upfront cost for people in a trading card game as opposed to a board game. You go to the store, spend 20 bucks, and then you have the game forever. Um, but then there's also on the other side of it, with a board game, you're kind of, you get what you get and you're stuck with it. But a trading card game, there's new cards coming out all the time. And even with the same cards you have, you get to be a part of creating that deck of finding those things. And as, as someone who wants to, to be a game designer, that's something that intrigues me of, I can take these pieces, fit them together and find something that works. So that would, that would be my answer to that question. So you mentioned uh, being new-ish. You, you've never actually gotten involved in a TCG before. So why are you starting with Lorcana? And what unique perspective do you think that you'll bring to the space with a completely board game background? Yeah, so um, to be honest, when I first heard about Lorcana, I didn't really think much of the, <laughs> the trading card game name. I was just like, oh, cool, Disney card game, I'm in. Um, and so it was after that that I started getting into the rabbit hole. Um, but I think just from the get-go, right from D23, when, when you see that art and you see those cards and me having a background in Villainous, so because it's the same publisher with Ravensburger, I was like, okay, I trust this publisher. I love Disney. This card art is fantastic. I think this might be one that's going to be popping off. And it's been, it's been so fun to, to look into it ever since. So excited to to dip my toes into the trading card games. So many people say that same thing about the artwork and it's true like the artwork is is amazing. I mean, there are other card games coming out. And I've said this before, if the Lorcana art looked like the art for these upcoming card games, I don't know if I would play, like to be honest. I know that sounds kind of shallow, but the artwork for Lorcana is just like James said once there's no like bad Lorcana art like it's all great to amazing art totally i i've been i've been completely blown away where even like with the storyborn characters like it it feels different like it's it's the same character you know and love but it's something new and i and i love that that's something that was intriguing to me from from the beginning with villainous is that they kind of had their own art because as a as a board game collector, I have a lot of different Disney games, and there's a very distinct difference between the ones that have their unique art and the ones that have just a screenshot from the movie. And so that's something that it, it shows a lot of effort on their end, and it just it just feels different playing a game with fresh art. Yeah, it's it's the in it's the influx of creativity into the characters and the designs because you're getting a completely new perspective than the original artwork from all these artists that they've hired to create this art it's just this whole addition not just copy it's if it, they're adding more to it yeah totally. i when we were at gamma i stopped by the jasco game booth they're the ones that make my hero academia as many of you know that's the game i used to play before jumping on the Lorcana bandwagon but one of the things that they said was that they were like contractually obligated to use screen captures from the tv series for the first like four or five sets 
which I thought was interesting because I agree when I see a game with screenshots, it just doesn't hit the same for me. But they said now they have the freedom to create their own art. And some of the art that they're creating looks really good. So you mentioned, you've mentioned a lot already how you play Villainous. Um, what similarities do you see between Lorcana and Villainous? And what differences do you see? Yeah, so the, the main similarity of what like really got me to try Disney Villainous is, is that Disney aspect. Like it was, I've played a lot of Disney games and this was one that felt the most like I was actually getting into the story. And that's something that I see with Lorcana as well. I see that they're going to be very similar in, it feels like we are jumping into this Disney universe, into these stories. And that's something that's super exciting for me. Um, now on the differences side, one of the things that I like didn't even think about but now with the, the trading card game, like with a villainous, you're stuck with the one villain and their specific card set of 30 cards. And there's some good cards in there. There's some bad cards. And the only choice you have is which villain you're going to choose. But in Lorcana, I can say, you know what? I really like this character. And now I'm just going to find cards that work well with them. And then as you find that something doesn't work, throw it out and grab a new one. And that's something that is is not present in traditional tabletop games that I'm really really excited for with Lorcana. Yeah, I, I can't wait to to build like a an Elsa deck or or something like that, and then hopefully be able to use you know Kristoff and Olaf, and hopefully an Alana is coming and all that kind of stuff. But if not, oh well. No, no, no. I have to interject here. James has these strange dreams. Of like playing a whole movie out through his cards. Yeah, I want like, to. I want to get to play a movie. <laughs> I want to get like Anna waking up in her bed, and then I want to get a card of her wearing wanna, a dress before the party. I want them to make the kid cards, and then I want to be able to play like Elsa and Anna and certain like, and then like introduce, not play a character until they're introduced in the movie in order. You know, I can't. That is awesome. I can't. I can't use Smash. I can't Marshmallow Smash anyone until Marshmallow shows up, you know, later in the movie. And it's like, hey, you know, if that's the way it goes, that's the way it goes. But, you know, I'll win a game doing that. I'll tell you right now, I'm going to win a game doing that. <laughs> I don't care what movie it is. I will make a movie deck. Well, let's do it with Emperor's New Groove. That's one. There are Yzma's in there. I am so excited for that. Like, especially with Kronk. Like, there's so many versions. Shoulder Devil Kronk, Shoulder Angel Kronk, Chef Kronk. Like I could go on and on about. I would love to make a Kronk deck. That's that's my dream with this one. I don't know if all of them are going to show up in the first set, but hopefully within the first year we get like all those characters to be able to do something like that. That would be so cool. Oh man, I can't wait. See, <laughs> you guys are just more thing. creative than me. I just want to play all, the game. All this influx of creative creativity from <laughs> from the game is letting us do all of this stuff with the game. It's it's awesome. And it makes me want to like relive these Disney memories. Like when they recently released Sergeant Tibbs card, I was like, I haven't wanted to watch 101 Dalmatians in years. And I was like, I actually like have a desire to go back and watch that movie and, and relive that story again, because it's, it's bringing those characters back up. And, and that's, that's so cool. Absolutely. In fact, uh, after Lorcana was announced, um, we, I think we had started it earlier, but we got back onto our watching all Disney animated movies. And we're still stuck like somewhere in the middle in the 60s or early 70s. But I mean, we're getting through them all. And, uh, you know, 
the, 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 the impetus to get them done as fast as possible is I want to see the movies that all of these characters that I knew and know, but I want to revisit. And that's, yeah, that's definitely one of the things is in watching these, like, oh, we got that card coming. And I'm like, oh, no, we got that card for that character. So, yeah, all of that stuff is really cool. I purely watched Hercules yesterday because of Lorcana. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. I was like, that's a really good movie. I should go watch it. And we did. And I'm somebody that rarely sits down and watches a movie. Like, I'll watch it if somebody else is watching it. But for me to do it myself, it's very rare. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, yeah, to just get back in this in this Disney universe more. And who knows, maybe we'll get some Lorcana TV shows on Disney Plus sometimes. With, with these that would be movies. amazing. Now you're talking. <laughs> Lorcana comic books, Lorcana TV shows. Lorcana characters in Disneyland. Like, there's right. so much we could do. It's unlimited potential. So let's talk about the reverse of that, of nothing, which is the Valley of No News, which is what we called uh, the last month. <laughs> so um, even with the No News, how, like, have you been hyped this entire time for the game? Do you feel your hype increasing or decreasing with the lack of news? Um Let's not count the last couple of days with the thing we got, but, um, you know, do you think that, so first of all, let's talk about the hype. Do you think your hype is increasing or decreasing from, like I said, when you really just like saw it at D23 and you're like, let's go. Yeah. So my, I feel like it, it ebbs and flows, but it's a continual, it's continually going up. So I found out about it right before D23, was super excited at the onset. And I saw that it was coming out in the next year. And I was like, okay, I'm excited. It'll come. I'm just going to leave it be right now. Just occasionally looking for news. And then I really got into it when the rules dropped. Because that for me was like, I don't have a TCG background. I know people were like speculating from the, from the beginning of like, oh, the Elsa card can do this. And the Robin Hood card can do this. And I'm like, I don't have the rules. I'm not going there. So as soon as the rules dropped, found out it was a super simple game and just fell in love with the rules. I, I dove headfirst, found your guys' podcast, listened to a ton of podcasts, joined the Discord, just kind of went went crazy with it. And even after that, like ebbs and flows, but since that that huge release of the news and all those cards at the same time, I've been I've been super hyped for it. So speaking of the release of a bunch of cards and then the lack, um, do you think that we're going to like, what do you expect for them to do from this point on not having a TCG background? What would you, what's something that you would expect to happen for the marketing? Just, just, you know, do you think the lack of news was just like a delay or do you expect it to continue in some form? Or are we now like on the path of increased marketing all the time? That's a great question. Cause I, I feel like I heard that they were they were saying they're going to put a lot of marketing force into it and we're getting really close to release. So, I would not be surprised if they start to to release a little bit here and a little bit there, but for me personally, I I kind of like when it's it's all in one. I I that's like when the rules were released. It was just so much I could just go as deep as I wanted to, and that's something that builds hype for me where even even getting them every so often, but if they do reveals together that's that's one of the best things for me to build my hype nice well tomorrow marks 49 days till gen con i think those drums are just gonna keep beating louder and longer 
I, I, I liken it to like this, this exponential growth. Like if you, if you've ever been to a convention, a, a comic convention of any kind or a gaming convention, you, you know, like if you get there super early and you're one of the first people in line, you know, you know, there's like someone will show up five minutes later and then and 10 minutes later, another person will show up. And then as you get closer to opening, all of a sudden, 10 people are showing up every, every minute. And then 20 people are showing up every two seconds. And then a hundred <laughs> people are showing up every second until the opening of the doors. And it's just like this, this slow trickle that just slowly and exponentially increases until you get to that moment. And then there's this massive crowd. And I think that's what the marketing is going to be. I think we're going to get that slow bit, which has been the last nine months or however long it's been since the announcement. And then it's just going to, it, that, that, that spike of, of on the graph is just going to go straight up soon. And I, I think, think mid July, it's going to be a frenzy. Yeah. I think, the 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 pop culture world is dominated by Comic-Con in July and I don't know if they're going to do anything then it's just it's really weird how you know that dominates a certain market of pop culture so do they not care about that and they'll just do the whatever marketing they're going to do Disney doesn't seem to care at all it'll do whatever they want so um I I think there will be some but I think that for sure they're going to do something it's just that there's that blip in the road of Comic-Con then taking over for a week and then getting back onto it because gen con's like two weeks after comic-con they have mm. to do something before comic-con yeah yeah and i'm i'm shocked how many hardcore disney fans don't know about lorcana like i speak i a lot of people that i know they love disney and they have no idea when i tell them about lorcana so i think like like you're saying it's going to be that exponential growth once they start putting more advertising out there once they start putting stuff in the parks or Disney starts to throw out an email or put something on Disney Plus. Once you start getting those kind of things out there, they're going to have so many people flooding in. It's going to be fantastic. This is why I tell people right now, call your game stores, get on the pre-order list because product is going to be in short supply once it drops. Yeah, I'm hoping hoping to get my hands on some of it, but I'm I'm definitely excited for that wave 2 in in Targets and Walmart Shop Disney like if I can't get into the game store, I'm I'm pretty confident we'll be able to to get some then. So I'm <laughs> fingers crossed. Oh yeah, all the way. Okay, so now we're going to transition into the not so fun topic. Uh, of course, you've probably heard about the lawsuit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you've heard about the lawsuit alleging that while Ryan Miller was employed for Upper Deck, um, <clears throat> Ravensburger kind of was courting him to come over and work on a game and to bring the property. That's what Upper Deck is alleging. So what are your thoughts about that? And again, just so everybody knows, we are not lawyers. Do not take our words as gospel truths. Um, <clears throat> we're not experts. These are just merely our opinions, okay? Perfect. Yeah, I I am hoping as, as a deep Lorcana fan that there is nothing to the allegations. And... I definitely see like two parts in the lawsuit. I definitely read all 19 pages of the lawsuit, had a fun time doing that. And the part that a lot of people are talking about that definitely scares me is, is the contracts. If there is something there that Ryan Miller signed and he was intending to copy the game, then we might see some trouble for Lorcana. But I also see the other side of the game doesn't seem that similar. So it, it doesn't seem to me like Ryan Miller took the game, went to Ravensburger and said, can we slap some Disney characters on this? And we're good to go. Like, 
it, it seems like a, a fairly different game to me. I don't know what your thoughts are. So again, I'm not a lawyer. I don't fear for Lorcana. I think it's going to release on schedule. No problem. My fears for uh, Ryan. I mean, if they can prove that he breached the contract, there's seven sets into design. I mean, there could be a world where he's the fall guy. Like for me, that's my biggest concern because I love Ryan. But I, I hope, like, I hope there's nothing there. I hope the Disney lawyers and the Ravensburger lawyers look at this lawsuit and tear it to shreds. I hope so too. Cause yeah, I would not want the game that we love so much who was created by Ryan. I don't want him to, to have to suffer anything for that because I, yeah, this, this game seems like it's going to be a huge part of our lives going forward. And I definitely hope that there's nothing, nothing bad for him going forward. Unfortunately, it's just a, a wait and see. Cause as, as you mentioned, you know, you can read the, the 19 pages, but it's mostly generalities and no real data, like the contract is not included that he signed, so allegedly signed. So, I mean, we can't really make any decisions at all except for just having our opinions about how we feel about it. Uh, and there's, you know, how you feel about it is not necessarily about what's going to happen. It's just, it's just, you know, what 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 our thoughts are. So I think it's just going to be a wait and see. And I, I agree that I don't think that there's going to be any issues with Lorcana coming out, um, but we'll wait and see exactly what happens over the next few months with with the lawsuit and whether it something happens to to affect someone at or at you know Robinsberger or not. Well, the thing we're looking for right now, and this is again from our friend on Twitter, Paul Lesko, if they want to stop Lorcana from coming out, they have to file a. Uh, an injunction or what's the other one a temporary restraining yeah like a tro like that. or uh, something something that's right <laughs> something, something legal. uh, legalese legalese <clears throat> but from what he says it's pretty hard to provide the evidence necessary to get an injunction and if they're going to go that route they have to go soon because i mean like we said the game releases 50 days from the day of this recording so and nothing moves quickly in the legal system. So that's kind of what we're all looking for right now. And and Robinsberger doesn't even have to actually submit their response for a month. So yeah, I think it's like July 12th. Yeah, one month from when the, the date of the, the been, having been served uh, document or whatever it is. So, I mean, you know, they could reply like a, in the second week of, of July and then everything just kind of moves slowly from there. I think I, I saw someone mention a November date for like the first uh, argument in front of a judge or whatever, whatever's happening is, is November is the earliest anything would happen if they don't get any injunctions or anything you know. filed or whatever they're getting filed. So we shall see. Um, uh, did you, uh, Brandon, did you happen to watch the, um, the sports cars live podcast uh, where the upper deck CEO was on there Um and if so, what are your takeaways? Yeah, so I first off, I was I was definitely a little a little bummed with how little they actually spoke about Lorcana. I think it was like a two hour and twenty minute live stream, and probably fifteen to twenty minutes is about Lorcana. And you had to wait till an hour and nine minutes before they actually talked about it. It was like every time he finished answering a question, like okay, Lorcana, Lorcana, but no, he knew how to drag it on. 
Yeah, he's been, he's been doing it for a long time. I, I definitely had to chuckle as a as a fellow YouTuber of the fact that he put Lorcana Lawsuit as the first part of the title and didn't get in there until more than halfway through the, the podcast. <laughs> but overall, I definitely, there wasn't, wasn't much there, but I did find it interesting that he, he spoke so openly about how many other people they are, they are suing. So I hope that that, that bodes well for Lorcana that, that maybe they're, they're just a little trigger happy with the lawsuits and there's, there's nothing there. But again, to, to James point, we have no idea. We're just speculating based on the fact that we love Lorcana. What were your uh, reactions, James? Um, I was in the middle of stuff and making dinner, so I was half paying attention, unfortunately. And like I had my phone out whenever I could, listening to it. And of course, it was going on about hockey and and gems and 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 whatever other things that they were talking about. And um, so I didn't hear every little bit that they were saying, but based on what everyone said, I mean, he. I think that, yes, they're just, like, doing this to... I think they... Honestly, I think they were never planning on pushing the game out. I mean, just based on the, the the few things that we do know that we can point to and say, look, they patented it or they trademarked it, like, in April. It's like, why are you bothering to trademark it then, if not three, four years ago when you started making it? It's like, what are you, do, what are you doing? So just pointing to certain things. So I think it's just a business thing. I think the guy was like, you know, let me, he's a CEO. He goes on these things. So he's obviously a charming, you know, guy who has a good screen presence and he knows how to talk. So uh, I think that that's what he was presenting, uh, making himself sympathetic and showing a good, you know, putting a good face forward. And I think we're just going to have to wait and see um, if it's more than more than just them seeing what they can do and you know throwing everything at the wall seeing what sticks and collecting on the whichever ones manage to stick no i think my takeaways were kind of similar uh, and the way i put it is that he did a great job of humanizing this lawsuit he brought up you know he we have a team that worked on this and they want to be the one responsible for bringing this game it's like they have jobs they have families um, so bringing that human element into it, like you said, definitely made me more sympathetic to, uh, to their cause. But the other thing that stood out to me was that he said that rush of Icor was a carbon copy of Lorcana. And for me, like when you say carbon copy, that means like it's a one for one. And like Brandon said already, there are enough differences. Like I'm sure if we looked at the game in totality, we'd be like, okay, that does look pretty similar but if it's a carbon copy then you should be able to take a rush of icor deck and a deck of lorcana cards and be able to play them and that's what i want to see like i really desperately want to see a rush of icor card and if the game ever does hit the market you better believe i'm gonna buy it just just to add to this piece of uh, lorcana history right here <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely intriguing. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole the whole lawsuit was reading reading the rules to to Rush of Icor and and kind of seeing like, oh, that's different and that's different. So hopefully, hopefully there's there's nothing there because yeah, there's definitely similarities. It's a it's a trading card game. Um, the resource system is similar. The the wind condition is similar, but there were there were enough differences in my mind that it's it just it to me it seems like Ryan worked on 
Resh of Icor, as well as the other TCGs he's worked on. He came to do Lorcana, and obviously he's he he worked on those other things. He didn't take Resh of Icor and say, slap Disney on it, we're good to go. It was, okay, what are we going to make for a trading card game? They start to throw ideas, and he's able to pull things from his past from Rush of Icor and the other trading card games and be able to make something that is brand new based on his experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say the thing that he's probably arguing as a carbon copy is that resource system along with the win condition of counting up. But I mean, even the resource system is different because in Lorcana, you can't ink. You can't put every single card in the card pool. Whereas in with Rush of Icor, you can. So, I mean, even the things that are like a carbon copy are have differences. And the and the resource system with Lorcana, you take you choose one from your hand. But from how I read it with Rush of Icor, you just draw the top card of the deck and That's put right. it in the resource. So there there's definitely differences. And I definitely thought it was interesting that that it's it, from what I read about the Star Wars Unlimited game, it seems like that has the same resource system. So like it's not it's not a super differentiating thing in my opinion but we'll have to wait and see wait and see <laughs> again we are not lawyers but i agree in the lorcana hq discord <laughs> there's a user captain octotroph i think that's how you pronounce it. is that how you pronounce it james uh it's either octotroph or octotroph sorry yeah. so but he put together a document where it lists all the similarities and differences and like it's pretty evident that it's not the same game like maybe it looks the same maybe it feels like it plays the same but there's enough differences there that it is not it is not a carbon copy totally yeah even like the challenging and attacking like yes you have to like exert or whatever they call it to be able to be vulnerable to attack but in rush of icor you just take the stats and whichever is the lowest gets banished let's say in Lorcana terms and the other one stays on the board there's no damage dealt so there's there's definitely a lot of differences in there that that i was able to see which makes me excited all right i think you answered this already but let's just get it on the record gut reaction question here do you think this lawsuit leads to no Lorcana at gen con no i definitely think that Lorcana will be at gen con yeah i do too no, well, Jared asked asked the answer this one already. He's going to pick up Rush of Icor, Icor, whatever it is, when it's released. What about you? Would you pick some up? Give it a try. So it definitely was a little bit intriguing when I started to read the rules, and I think that leads me to think that it's kind of like a way of them like leaking the rules out, just throw it out there, and then we all start talking about it. But I don't with with how much it's going to cost for a trading card game. And how much I want to to be able to play Lorcana. I Lorcana might be my one and only trading card game. Well, and... look, I'm not saying I'm gonna get competitive in Rush of Icor, <laughs> but if I if I see a starter deck come out, I'm gonna buy it. Jared, so if I cannot win the world championship for Rush of Icor in a few years. <laughs> yeah, pretty soon I'll have a Citizens of Icor podcast. There you go. I'm gonna be like he's gonna be what what are we gonna call him? We're gonna call him Ike Ike. Ickernauts. <laughs> He's going to be the lead Ickernaut of the Rush of Ickor gaming. Jared and the Ickernauts. There right. There's your band name. I think that I think that's enough. That's enough. That's enough lawsuit talk. Yes. We made it as as fun as we could. 
Because <laughs> it is not fun. Um, let's talk about our newest segment, the Lorcana Lexicon. And this week, what do we have for what does this mean? So the deck or oof, the Lorcana Lexicon for the week is a term called pop decking. I'm curious, Brandon, you've never played trading card games before. Well, to be fair, you did tell me before that you played like a baseball trading card game. But do you know what the term top decking means? Top decking. I think isn't isn't that where you're kind of just have no cards in your hand and you're drawing the top one and hoping that that's the one that you need? That's exactly right. That's exactly I mean, another usage of it is like you might have cards in your hand, but you don't have the answer. Like if you needed a board wipe, for example, you're hoping to top deck the the board wipe. Yeah. And so then, good job. And then your deck says, consider the coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're not very happy about it. <laughs> oh man. All right. Should we go into the news roundup? So the news. We so we were talking all about last week about the lack of news. And then <laughs> this week. After the lawsuit, we got good news, and that was some card reveals. Now, I think it was basically one and two-thirds, because we got the remaining of two cards uh, with um, Timon and Iago were both fully revealed in Lorcana HQ uh, server. Now, why, Jared? Why did they feel the need to share these cards in the Lorcana HQ Discord server? Is there an answer for that, or is this there uh, is, speculating? Involves meme day because so, uh, what? Uh, what? I mean, it, it just all of a sudden the other morning became meme day. Uh, Brandon, so the other Brandon, so, right? So yeah, so in this server, there's a yep. There's another Brandon. He goes by B squared because his first and last name are B. But uh, he had said he he put up a post. He said, uh, Ravensburger employees watching the memes tomorrow. And <clears throat> so the Team Lorcana account came into the Discord and said, please make this happen. So, something like that. So Brandon was like, all right, everybody, tomorrow, June 13th is going to be Lorcana meme day. Everybody make memes. We're going to post it on Twitter. We're going to do it at 9 o'clock Pacific time. And we're just going to flood Twitter with memes. And people did. And it was awesome. And then uh, like a short time later, uh, Team Lorcana in the Discord posted, they're like, hey, we loved all the memes. And they posted uh, one of the cards, Timon. And then a few minutes later, they're like, oh, wait, you asked for two cards. And then they posted the Yago. <laughs> and then on one of the memes, on actually on Adara's tweet, one of her tweets uh, with a meme, they just replied to it and just boom, revealed the genie. Brand genie. new card. Not even a full post anywhere, not revealed anywhere else, just in a reply to one of the people who tweeted out a meme. And so let's talk about this card, this genie card that is uh, Emerald. So we finally got a new Emerald card, genie on the job. Uh, it's a Storyborn, uh, three, six cost, uninkable, with uh, three strength and four willpower, two lore, and it has evasive. And the keyword disappear. When you play this character, you may return chosen character to their player's hand. This is a pretty cool card. 
Yeah, I'm curious to see what uh, Mr. New to TCGs has to say about this card. Well, first off, I just absolutely love that we're getting Genie. It's it's so cool seeing all these characters, and and that was that was my first thought was just excited to see the Genie. Um, I definitely though like that he's got two lore there. I think that that's going to be a really nice ability to be able to to put him out there. But he's got he's got that four willpower. I think it was Lorcana Cast that was talking about how that four willpower is is a hard spot to knock out. So maybe Genie can be a late game ability to to get two lore a couple times and win the game. To be fair though, that four uh, defense willpower. Is a tough one to knock out in the beginning part of the game. By the time you're laying down six drop cards, that's not a huge number. I I have mixed feelings about this card. I want to love it. I do love it, but I don't know if I love it enough to put four copies in. To me, this seems like a two-copy card. Because yeah. if you're at the point where you're playing six drop cards and you can uh, <clears throat> disappear one of your opponent's main threats... Like if you get Genie out there and you get rid of Mickey Brave Little Taylor or you get rid of Aladdin Outlaw or any one of these guys, even for a turn, that can switch momentum so fast. And then the fact that he has evasive makes it that he's going to be hard to get rid of. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. I think he's going to be awesome. I think the uninkable part is uh, how is an indication of how awesome he is. Um, yeah because they they did say that they they took away the ability to be inked when they knew the card was going to be good or powerful um so if it was inkable this would be an auto four for me yeah absolutely and i think actually this is going to be an easy three uh, in the deck just just not not you know just once one shy just so you can do it as many times as possible late in the game if you're pulling this thing later i mean obviously you just get rid of it in the mulligan you're going to put it away you're going to wait and hope you pull it later, later in the game, be able to get it out. And like you said, getting rid of their key cards back into their hand and slowing them down and getting the advantage back if you're behind or nailing the nailing the coffin, you know, the nailing the lid down in the coffin to finish that game out. I mean, it's going to be awesome. So obviously one card does not make an entire deck, but I think this one card is going to be very good Uh to put together into a deck. And I think that this is indica- indicating that there are going to be so many cool cards that we still haven't seen because <laughs> they have so many different ways that they can combo uh, different abilities and ideas onto these cards, you know, with, again, like you said, throwing evasive on this thing. So not only do you get rid of something when you get it out, but this thing then becomes harder to get rid of and you get that too lower every time. Any final thoughts, Brandon? No, just, just excited that Lorcana's back. Just <laughs> I, I actually am a really big fan of the fact that they're putting it in the discord or on someone's tweet because I think it then can show them on the back end like hey you don't have to post it on the main thing we're all watching we're all gonna share it it's gonna it's gonna get out there so I think that's I think that's awesome that they feel that they're able to do that and then yeah. we also late in the day today uh had another an actual out to everyone tweet and it was the first of their artist spotlights and they were uh covering nicholas cole uh they linked to his instagram and then they included three tweets after uh doing a, a short q a with nicholas cole which is really cool 
Uh, and I, I loved his answer for uh, describing a dream born that you want to design. And he picked power line. Power line. <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. But yes. So I have, a, I have a question for you both on that. Do you think his answer means that he has already designed it and we might be getting it soon? Or do you think it's he wants to design it at some point? We'll see it six, seven sets down the road. I am like 99.9% .9 sure it means that he hasn't designed it yet. Yeah. Um, because I think this was like, it's a, it's a perfect chance for them to go outside of what they've already done because they have an NDA on everything they have done. So they can't talk about it. I mean, obviously Disney Lorcana pushed it out so they can talk about it, but I think that it was like the kind of thing where like, let's, let's reach for something that you haven't done yet. And the other thing too, um, I know this is a big topic of debate, but a goofy movie isn't technically a Walt Disney animated studio movie. It was made by the Disney cartoon movies or something like that. Disney television movies. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a possibility that we never see a goofy movie. We just have to see how lenient they are on Don't their say license. never. Never say never. <laughs> okay, I, I take that back. Right. There's a possibility we don't see it for a long time. Okay. I, I don't mind that because there's so many other things <laughs> that we can see until then. But we better be getting some power line and some goofy movie stuff. Come on. Yep. Yep. And some Chippendale Rescue Rangers and some Darkwing Ducks. Exactly. And all that good stuff. DuckTales. Speaking of, how, how, did you get the goofy movie game, Brandon? Have you gotten that one yet? Not gotten that one yet. I've seen it a couple times, but... But I have not. Have Have you played that one? No, I've almost pulled the trigger a few times, but I'm like, I have a, a few games I haven't played yet, so I have to wait until I can have the time. So I don't want to buy it and have it sit on the shelf for a year or whatever. So I've held off. But I've, I've done that many times. So I, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm I'm getting closer and closer to I want to play a game or see it played before I buy it. At least most of the time, because. I have way too many of those on my shelf of shame that have not been played. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Disney stuff, what's next? Disney Jeopardy. Yeah. I already asked Brandon if he would be a willing participant of Disney Jeopardy, and he is willing and excited. I am so pumped. Okay. I think I got some tough questions. Did you read through these, James? I'm just looking at them now. They, they look pretty good. Okay. Hit so... Me. And you know how to play, right? Yes. Okay. So for 100, this is the name of the accident-prone ant in A Bug's Life. Who is Flick? Ding, 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 ding. All right, one for one. This is the name of the man who created Pinocchio in the movie Pinocchio. Who is Geppetto? Ding, 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 ding. Boy, maybe I chose easy questions. You always gotta start like, being on this <laughs> it, it is so stressful already like am i remembering this right like this stress is real this is this is awesome this was the original name for 300 this was the original name of mickey mouse and his wife made him change it oh, i don't know i i have a thought i don't know if this is right I'm going to go, who is Mortimer Mouse? That's it. Nice. Ding, 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 ding. Could you imagine? I don't think Mortimer Mouse would have taken off like Mickey Mouse. No. 
Not at all. <laughs> that is definitely an early 20th century name, though. <laughs> all right, for 400. This is the name of the bird in the movie Up. Who is Kevin? Oh, four for four. Okay. Great job. Thank you. This is the tough one. Yeah, this is going to be hard. In Toy Story, where does Buzz say he was stationed before joining Woody and company? I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly, but is it like Gamma Quadrant of Sector 4? Something like that. Are you serious? Let's go. That's exactly what it is. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how I pulled that one out. (laughs) I never would have gotten that. I would have been I would have been like uh space. <laughs> I might try oh. to get back to Buzz's monologues and Wow, that's awesome. Well done. Thank you. Five for five. You might be our first guest that's gone five for five. I think so. I, that makes me really excited. Yeah, we have we we love Disney, a lot of Disney trivia. I have a Disney trivial pursuit, so, <laughs> so I gotta fun. get that and just read the cards. You know, you guys could use those for the Jeopardy. Just read a card, and there you go. There There we go. Those are all hard, though. Sometimes, though, the most a lot of those are hard. So that's true. And it was, I think, it was made in like two thousand. So it's only the the old Disney ones. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Brandon. Let's wrap this up. If people want to find you online, where can they find you? Yeah. So the main place would be on on YouTube. It's uh, Brimley Games. And then pretty much everywhere else at Brimley Games on Twitter, Instagram, all the above. And as Jared mentioned, we we played a, a game of Lorcana on there, and there's more Lorcana content coming soon. So be sure to check it out there. When I've uh, subscribed to your channel and I've watched a lot of your uh, how to play videos, and they're just really well done and uh, easy to follow. Um, so I definitely recommend people go check out your channel. So if you uh, liked what you heard, you can subscribe to our podcast you can follow us here on uh, youtube you can find me on twitter at citizens of lorcana and james where can they find you uh, you can find me everywhere online at dan regal and every week up until san diego comic-con i'll be uh live on the sd concast and you can also check out geekshotphoto.com for links for my wife and i and our photography and social media and all that uh thank you brandon for joining us and thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.